This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Hello, hello, my Let's Keep It Real people. All right, today should be fun. We have a guest that I didn't know anything about till recently, and you know how much I like that. But it does seem of like mine, and he played hockey. So how bad can he be? And you know how much I love hockey. His name is C. Gordon Moose, or we could call him Carl, or you know me, I'm going to call him Moose, because that's just how I roll. But before he comes on, let me tell you a little bit about him. C. Gordon Moose has enjoyed successful careers as a hockey player. We have to find out where he played. Business professional, banker, real estate investor, consultant, and voiceover artist. Hmm. And a radio show co-host, Living the Dream. All right there. A lifetime of experiences have led him to create, hmm, find your focused. Ooh, we need that today, don't we, baby? Mindset Success Program. Welcome, welcome. What's going on, Moose? Well, not too much. I'm just uh, very glad to be here, and thanks for having me on. So, I have to ask, where did you play hockey? <laughs> I had no idea you were a hockey fan. That's great. Well, uh, I, hockey fan. I worked with the team. I worked with the Flyers. I worked with Eric Lindros. Oh, wow. Um, Ed Snyder was the first, um, well, he was one of my mentors and clients, but he was one of the investors in my health clubs. Oh, wow. Oh, well, that's, well, you're, so let me just, let me just, you know. I'm all in. I'm all full in di- Full disclosure, full disclosure. You know, I, I grew up in Cleveland and I started playing hockey when I was about five years old, right? And I played all through high school. I played a couple years of semi-pro. And then I played in college as well. So that's, I didn't quite get to the show, as they call it, you know. Yeah. Uh, however, but you love it. You love it. It's, it, I cannot remember not skating. I, I literally cannot, you know, if you think back about your youth, and I can't remember not having skates on my feet. So, um, and, you know, all the stories of skating on the pond and, you know, your, your father coming out and chasing you off the rink, you know, I mean, that was us. We played every minute we got. We, we, you know, we froze, we froze backyards. Uh, we skated on streets that, that, that had ice on them. I mean, that, that was us, you know, and we, I loved it. Do you have your teeth? You know what? I have them. It's so funny because my, I was talking to my kids last night and they have braces, right? They're teenagers. And they're like, dad, why didn't you ever get braces? I said, because grandpa didn't, was not going to put a nickel in my mouth. He figured my teeth would all get knocked out. Right. <laughs> Which is true. My, yeah. All my siblings had braces. And my, my dad was like, I'm not spending any money on his teeth. He's going to get his teeth knocked out. Right. Well, they never got knocked out, but they got chipped. So I have, I do have, you know, falsies. <laughs> well, I got my teeth knocked out, and I remember it was swimming. And then, you know, of course, I got nice, you know, new ones. And then they got knocked out again right before <laughs> a playoff game. And I had to go into the owner's box with my front team missing. And they thought I did it on purpose to support the team. Oh, that's funny. And I didn't, I didn't have time. Like, I had to be there. It was like one of those things. Like, I couldn't go and get the, you know, the fake ones put in first. And they're like, I can't believe you showed up with your teeth missing. And so, oh, Bobby Clark must have loved that, right? Well, Snyder said to me. You know, Sandy, just say you did it on purpose. I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, Barbie Clark did not. I, I respect him, but 
I was only there working. I worked with the Flyers for just one year. Like my team and the trainers came in and I got to work personally with Eric Lindros. But Bobby Clark came in and was like, yeah, there's no female going to be in my locker room. I'm like, okay. Oh, well. Well, and Snyder really... said, Sandy, I love you, but, you know, I told Bobby he could do his thing. So there's right. that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you see, Bobby Clark is kind of hard to argue with, right? He's the Bobby Orr of Boston, right? I mean, he's yeah. Bobby Clark is – he was one of my favorite. And, you know, I'm I'm 58 years old. He so. is, and I do like him. But, you know, as a girl that didn't, yeah. you know, I wasn't no, I, happy about I that. get it. Come on, Bobby. Get with the times, right? Get, yeah. And plus, she doesn't have her front teeth, for goodness sakes. That's your, yeah, exactly. That's your signature smile, you know, yeah. with no front teeth. Yeah. Right. So, that's that's a funny story. So did you well, have who's your team? Who's your team now? Well, I'm in Chicago, so the Hawks, you know. Yeah. But growing up in Cleveland, you gotta remember this was in the sixties and seventies. There were only six teams, and we from Cleveland, we either got Toronto broadcast, you know, uh, hockey night in Canada came over the lake, right? So we watched Toronto or we got Chicago for some reason. We didn't get any other, we didn't get New York, we didn't get Detroit. We, which is funny because Detroit was actually closer to us. It's weird yeah. we didn't get Detroit, but we got Chicago. On WGN, and we got uh, Toronto. So those are my two favorite teams. And, but of course, I love the Flyers. I mean, when the Flyers came in, I mean, they were yeah. you know, before. I, mean, I think they won in their heyday. Yeah, yeah, they won four years in a row, didn't they, or something like that? It, I mean, it's not. My husband always says to me, "It's what it's not the same as it used to be, honey." Went before, like you know, I'm like, yeah, I know. Broad Street bullies, like you know, they were a force yeah. to be reckoned with. Oh, but do you take your kids to the hockey games? Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, I have a um, I have a, a fifteen year old girl, a fourteen year old girl, and a thirteen year old son. So, believe it or not, my my middle daughter is is kind of a princess. So she doesn't she she likes to go and watch the people. But my older daughter and my son, you know, they get right into it. You know, what I mean, so they're yeah. Um, and then you know, I my my body is just broken down. You know, I just played so hard, and I'm not a big guy, and I was a defenseman. I was a hitter. I wasn't a scorer. So, um, my son plays baseball, but, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a great game. It's, you know, there's an organization called hockey players in business. It's a couple guys actually out of Cleveland, which are, they're about 15 years younger than me. Um, but, uh, make a long story short, they started this organization and it's everybody from guys that played high school hockey up to, you know, Stanley cup hall of famers. And it's, yeah, it's really a great group of people, you know, And, and by the way, they're open to guys, girls, you know, I mean, if you wanted to. You know, I mean, I don't know if you ever played, but you, you know. No, I didn't play. I was only like, you know, not that I don't yeah, but, like it, but I wasn't a player. So but, I don't but, know. I could be accepted in there, you know. Well, I, you know, hey, listen, you were in the front office of the Flyers. I mean, that, I was, was, that carries was. some weight. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> so let's just jump into it right away. My first question is, can you teach focus at any age? Bobby Joe wants to know, and that's a made-up name because there is no Bobby Joe. Right. Well, so it's so interesting you say that. Um, it's, it's, we come into the world with uh, with an amazing mental muscle. It's called our will, right? And I don't know if, if you have children or don't have children, but anybody that Okay, so you know when that little two-year-old wants that Barbie doll or that G.I. Joe doll or whatever, you know, they're focused and they're not leaving that store until they get what they want, right? And so we actually come into the world with a very highly attuned ability uh, and will. And will basically equals focus. You know, f- concentration, focus. You know, Deepak Chopra calls it attention. You know, what you what you what you uh, pay your attention to, that's your focus, right? That's what you concentrate on. And so we lose that along the way, you know, somewhere because we get so distracted by things. 
and it, and certainly in this world, you know, there's so many stimuli. I I yeah. forget what the what the statistics are, but it's you know, you know, in a in a single hour, we get inundated with a thousand different things, you know, and it's it's you really have to work to to work that much. And you're a trainer, you know how it is. Your your muscles, right? If you don't work those muscles. And focus and your will is a mental muscle. So to answer your question, absolutely, you can definitely train people to, to uh, regain yeah. their focus. So, so you said, you know, as far as being distracted, you sure the parents don't just beat it out of them? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you grew up in Cleveland, they did. I don't mean literally, but like, you know what I mean? They're, you, want this, you want this, you can't, you can't do this, you can't do that. No, yeah. no, no, no. Not yeah. every parent, but you yeah. know. Well, I tell a story about my daughter, my, 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 uh, a uh, 15 year old daughter, which she was about three years old. We were in, it was when Toys R Us were still around. Remember that store? I do. She, she literally, I think she wanted like the Barbie plane, you know, that was like 50 bucks and it was just a bunch of plastic, which I knew was going to get broken and lost. And she literally would not leave the store. My ex, my ex wife and I, she was my wife at the time. We literally walked away from, we were so embarrassed. We walked away from her. Like we, we distanced ourselves from her. Because she was not leaving that store without getting that that toy, yeah. and that 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 was a new a nuclear bomb could have gone off, and it would not have affected my daughter. And she was three years old, so you know she couldn't. Even... You left her there. What? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my kid, my kid wouldn't do that. Yeah, no, we we no, we didn't leave her there. But like, I'm the point was, yeah, she was so focused on what she wanted, and you know, we yeah. that that's really. I, I tell that story because it illustrates that the power of our mental muscles, even when she could not articulate or even spell the word focus, um, she had it. You know what I mean? And we all are born into this yeah. world with it. It's a survival. It's a survival tool. So, which brings me to the next point. She was focused because she was passionate and she really wanted it. You know what I mean? She really wanted that. I think a lot of things, which this other question is, how can I be focused when I don't know what the hell I want? Right. That's a good question this woman's right. asking because all her friends, they love their jobs and they don't all. So let's just get real with that. Do you know what I mean? But if you're right. not passionate about it, how can you focus on it? Well, that's so interesting. You said that I just had a conversation with someone earlier, the distinction between passion and purpose, right? And and I think this plays into it. I, I, I work on desired-based focus, right? Desired-based focus. And mm-hmm. desire is what you want, right? And so, you know, I worked with Bob Proctor for years. I don't know if you know who Bob Proctor is, but he's, he's yes. the guy in The Secret. And uh, he's amazing. I don't know him personally, but I would love to have a conversation with that dude. Oh, you should you should get him on your podcast. He's amazing. And he's 85 years old. He's, he's you know, he's really? not. Yeah, he's. Yeah, I think he turns eighty six this year. He's he's a phenomenal guy. And offline, I can I can tell you how to get reach out to him. Okay, However, cool. Um, I worked with him, and he asked me that same car- question, Carl. What do you want? Because his saying is, "Tell me what you want, and I'll show you how to get it." I mean, that's yeah. his whole yes. thing, right? Tell me what you want, and I'll show you how to get it. So I said, Bob, I don't know what I want. I mean, you know. So here's what he told me, and this is, and I'll be more than happy to share this with your audience. Um, I've got it in a in a one pager. He said, cool. "Break it into the five key areas of your life." And, and I'll go over this real quickly with you. He said, your relationships, number mm-hmm. one. And this is in no particular order, by the way. Your relationships, right. number one. Your, your health and your wellness. Health being your body. Wellness being your mind, right? Mm-hmm. The third one is your, your education and your profession. The fourth okay. one is your, your, your uh, capital, which includes your revenue, your income, your assets, your money. Yeah. In other words, your finances as the fourth one. And the last one is your spirit, whatever that means to you. You know, whatever that means to you. And so... 
when I, when I work with people and they say, I don't know what I want, I say, okay, that's cool. I totally get that. I said, let's break it into the five components and let's look at what you want with your relationships, right? Let's look at what you want with your finances. Let's look at what you want with your health and wellness. You know, your, it makes your, it a lot easier that way. It makes it, it's, it's taking the elephant and eating it, you know, one bite at a time. So that's the starting point, right? Is really finding out what you want. And for some people, you know, like for me, I have incredible relationships in my life, right? So if that area of my life, I'm not really working on right now because I'm operating at a pretty high level, you know? So, you know, you want to pick the one or two areas and the mistake that some people make is they try to do it all at once. I say, no, pick one or two key areas that you really want to make some movement in now yeah. and figure out what you want, right? And we have a whole exercise about how to get, they really get to their want. And as you know, it's all about the emotional why, right? That's when you really know what you want, when you get emotional about it, right? Yeah. That's the starting point. So once you figure that out, your your listener was 100% correct. It's desire-based focus. You're never going to focus on something if you don't know what you want. Yeah. Yeah, so like if you hate if you seriously hate your job, it's ha- it's hard to stay focused on it, you oh, know? Well, you you you'll stay focused on all the negativity. You know, you'll focus on your energy on all the reasons why you hate it instead of just going out <laughs> biting the bullet, right? Biting the bullet and saying I'm not you know, I may have to take two or three steps back with my finances, or I may have to cut back on my luxuries or whatever that may be to yeah. budget for the next th- two or three months. However, it's not worth, you know, listen, how many people do we know go through, you know, years in a cr- crummy job or working with a boss that's just totally inappropriate or, or, or rude, you know, and, and, and 10 years later they go, what, am, what, are, what I just wasted 10 years of my life, you know? Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, I almost when I'm out with friends, I don't want to talk sometimes about my job or my career because I, I've, I've always been blessed. You know how you say you're for your areas. I've always been blessed with loving what I do. You know, I'm an entrepreneur. I've always, Hey, that's what I love. That's what I'm going to do. Not that there aren't other areas I've struggled with, but when you're sitting out there with a bunch of girlfriends and they're just doing it for the paycheck, it just eats my guts out. I hate it. Moose. I hate it. Well, it, well, and, you know, the thing is, be real about that. I mean, if, if listen, if you're just doing it for the paycheck, then own it, you know what I mean? And say, I hate my job, but I'm just doing it for my paycheck. And then stop complaining about it. You know what, you I mean? know what? That's a good point, because I have friends that make buku bucks. They don't like what they do, but there's other things it brings for them. They get five weeks vacation, great health benefits, time with their family. So, you know, you could focus on that. Well, exactly. You know, and that that's it's all about frame of mind, you know, frame of mind and state of mind. You know that. Right. And so I have a friend of mine. He works for for a big company. I'm not going to say which one. He's high up and he loves to uh, he loves to uh, go to sporting events. Well, they always have tickets to every sporting event. I mean, he can go to the Super Bowl. He can go to the Indianapolis 500. And that's believe it or not, that's one of the reasons why he stayed with the job. I said, you know, you can buy your own tickets to that stuff. He goes, yeah, but it's not the same. (laughs) <laughs> and in the next sentence, he complains about the people he works with and, you know, yeah. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but he gets tickets. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to believe the job because a lot of times he invites me. <laughs> oh, there you go. It's all about us. All right. So I know you're a big fan. Little Birdie told me of Think and Grow Rich book. Yeah. Big fan. Yeah. You know, no, you know it inside and out, don't you? I've memorized parts of it. I, I've been reading this book. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. Does that show you what kind of social life I have? No, no. I, I got a hold of that book. I, I don't even know. Like, I'm, I, can it be possibly 25 years ago? Well, it's been around for almost 100. Yeah. I mean, it must have been 25. And I just thought, 
I think this man is on to something. Yeah. You know what I mean? It made sense to me. Well, you know, you know, the funny thing is, going back to my hockey career, you know, I was in high school. I was a very, I don't mind saying this. I was a very good hockey player in high school. I was all Ohio and, you know, I traveled all over. And <clears throat> make a long story short, I was a, I was a jerk. I was a, I was a cocky, arrogant. No. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. You know what's real? I'm saying that because I've dealt with a lot of professional teams and the hockey player guys are usually the nicest. Yeah. Well, I didn't say we weren't nice, but we were. You were in high school, so that's a different time. We were full of ourselves. We were a little bit full of ourselves. Let's go back to when you were a jerk. All right. Yeah. We were were a little bit full of ourselves, right? And so my hockey coach, Nick Wren, who uh, played semi professional and, and was a great coach, God rest his soul, he introduced us to that book and we just blew it off. We just literally blew it off. I look back now. And I say to myself, if I would have, because my biggest challenge in hockey was not my talent, I could skate with the guys in the NHL. I couldn't do it consistently, right? And that's the difference between a pro and an amateur. They do it consistently. And uh, so it wasn't a question of ability. I didn't have the right mindset, right? Yeah. I did not have the right mindset. And that's the key thing about when you operate at that level, right? You, Their mindset is so, they're so laser focused and, and so committed, right? I wasn't, right? And so... Um, if I would have studied that book when I was in high school, like Nick Wren, Coach Wren gave me the book and said, "If you, because you, he, he saw something in me, right?" And I just blew it off. I would have my career would have been totally different. And not, listen, I had a lot of fun. I had a great time uh, playing hockey, uh, but I didn't reach the pinnacle. And I, I always look back on that and go, you know what? I just I, I didn't have my my head squared on straight, right? And that book is that's what it's all about. It's about really the principles of success that anybody doesn't matter who you are. Uh, can use these principles. And Napoleon Hill laid it out in a blueprint. If you just follow the exercises in that book, you will succeed. The universe has no choice but to but to offer up what you desire. And by the way, the first chapter in the book is desire. That's the chapter of the book. It's called, it's called the starting point of all achievement. Everything starts, including your focus, when you know what you want. And that's why that's the first chapter. You know, I got to dig that book up again. You know, I keep reading and reading and reading, but you got to go back to some of the old goodies, right? Well, here's the thing. Everybody, all the common stuff, um, you know, everything that you're reading about today, the foundation is in these principles. And oh, absolutely. 100%. And they, you know what, the, you know what the, if I could just divert for a second, in 2017, I took some time off. because I Wait, and you read 188 books. I did. I did. <laughs> I did. And you, because I was looking for some gaps. I had been studying this material since Bob Proctor hit me over the head with it. And I've been studying it. And I've been teaching it. I've been leading courses on it. I've, you know, I've been to corporations, everything. And it, there were some gaps, right? And there were some gaps. So I went on a quest. I said, I want to fill in the gaps. I read stuff, all kinds of autobiographies, history of the world, all the way Vedas, you know, the stuff going all the way back. Are you a speed reader? You know what? I read, you know how I read? I read four books at a time. So I read a chapter. I, I have four books at my on my book on my my. I just text, had my, some young kids on telling me that's what you're supposed to do. There's some theory out there that you should always have um, not one but like a bunch of books going at the same time. So you know what I did? I would read a chapter in each book every night. So some chapters were very small, some were longer. So as soon as I finished a chapter in one book, I'd put it down. I'd pick up the next book, however long that chapter was. So I read four chapters a night. That was the kicker. But it wasn't all in one book because what happens when you read all one book, four chapters, you get you get numb, you know what I mean? You get lost. So, uh, and the reason, huh. why I, the reason why I stopped at 188, and it's so funny because a friend of mine, she's into crystals and spirit. I mean, she goes, oh, that's a magical number. I said, oh, okay, I didn't know that. You know, but you did though. You did. Uh, oh, well, I guess maybe I did. <laughs> the reason, the reason I, 
that's where I stopped. Because I would take notes. I would, I would note the author, the date it was published, how many pages it was. And I took notes. I, pr I probably have 2,500 pages of notes from all those books, right? And so I found that I was reading the same message was coming to me. The, the universe mm -hmm. through these books was giving me the same message. You know, it's about how we think. It's about how we feel, right? It's about connecting yeah. with people. You know, I mean, that's what I would, so I, I just said, oh, I'm full. I, I don't need to read it. I don't, I don't have any desire to read anymore at that level. And so now what do you do nowadays? Well, I still read, um, you know, as far as that goes. Uh, but I'm just but do not, you have four books and one, one chapter each well, night? Well, actually, I'm looking right now. Uh, I'm thinking right now I've got about, I got about eight books on my book oh, stand. God. So I, uh, um, I'm not reading them four chapters at a time, and I'm not reading. I, I really had discipline every night, no matter what I read. And I'm not yeah. doing that at that ferocious pace right now. Um, so, um, you know, again, I, I, yeah, I still read. Uh, okay, so besides Think and Grow Rich, another really fave. As far as books? Mm-hmm. Well, Oh, gosh, that's such a hard, you know, the power of now. I, I'm a big Eckhart uh, Tolle fan. Power of now. Uh, power yeah. of now. Um, uh, Working with the Laws um, is a great old book, uh, As a Man Thinketh with James Allen. Now, remember, I, I like the classics. I, I yeah. like uh, As a Man Thinketh. You can read that in no time. That's beautiful. Um, wait, wait, i got to write that down. I don't have that one. It, As a Man I'll, Thinketh. I'll send you a whole list. I have a whole okay. list if you like, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm always looking for new ones. Well, those are these are some of the kind of some of the older ones, right? Um, uh, cyber cybernetics is a good one. Um, what's what's uh, gosh? Oh, uh, uh, the, the Dalai Lama. Uh, was it happy? The truth of happiness is that what it's called? I've got them written down. Yeah. I'll, I'll send you a list. But there's some, yeah. you know, there's so many good books. Um, I know, and I just I can't imagine. I'm always like, you know, someone said to me, "Why?" <laughs> All right, so this is a question personal. Someone always says to me. Why do you feel like you have to work on yourself so much? Like you're always reading and seeking knowledge. Like I'm like, well, I love growth. I love self growth. And they're like, yeah, I'm okay with myself. And I thought, and they're a pretty cool person. I'm thinking, oh, baloney here. Like, would that be great to just go? Yeah, I'm good. Well, you know, you know, it's it's. There's nothing wrong with being good, but you know, what about being great? And then when I you read, but can you imagine just go? No, I'm really good. Like, don't you want to? I'm not saying they don't read, but they're like, no. I mean, like, why would I want to change myself? And I'm looking at this guy going, "Wow, yeah, I really, I like myself. I'm good." And I'm thinking, it's not like I don't like myself, Moose, but you know, I always right. want to develop and you know, learn more. Well, so here's the kicker. See, people, you know, like you and I know, the only thing that's constant in this world is change. We're constantly changing. You're not the same person you were yesterday. Yeah. You know, and, you, and Bob Proctor says you're either moving forward or you're moving backwards in a, in a universe that's constantly moving. There is no standing still. You, you know, you're either you're either, um, uh, you know, increasing or decreasing. That's all. And people like you and I, we just like to increase our knowledge. You know, they, yeah. listen, education is not something that stops at 12th grade or college or when you get your doctorate degree. Right. Education is an internal thing, you know, and, and I'm I'm on the same wavelength with you. I. You know, I am constantly looking for new people to, to connect with and to learn from. And that's the fun part of it. I mean, my kids teach me stuff. You know, And I you know what? When you read different genres, like I was listening to one of your uh, interviews. And yes, a lot of them are saying the same thing. But the message is delivered in a different way that connects with you at a different point in your life or a different person. So 
I one time I took like years interviewing people and it was a spiritual leader and a sports psychologist and a positive psychologist and a neuroscientist. And it was amazing is they all fought. <laughs> they were all arguing that they had different points of view, but they were all saying the same thing. Right. You know, they were just coming at it at a different angle. And, you know, when they say, you know, the messenger will come when you're ready to hear, isn't it true? So true. It is so true. And, you know, times change, right? Technology changes. Our vernacular changes. You know, Google wasn't a word 20 years ago. You know what I mean? Facebook wasn't in existence 20 years ago. So, you know, the, the universe is constantly shifting, right? And constantly oscillating. And that's, by the way, in focus, that's one of the things that, that we, we, uh, you know, we, we get people to really understand is that the universe is designed to keep us off balance. You know, if you, if you thought about it, if you went out on the beach and stood on the beach, you're actually moving, you know, the, the earth, surface of the earth is spinning at the equator at about 11,000 miles an hour, right? So you're moving at 11,000 miles an hour, even though you feel like you're standing still. Right. And so, yeah. you know, the, and the earth, by the way, is revolving, it's revolving around the sun at 250,000 miles an hour. So, you know, and the sun is moving through the universe. You know what I mean? So if you really get in touch with that, you know, we're constantly uh, altering and moving and changing. So how do you keep up with that? Well, you keep up with it by continuously filling your, 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 your well with wisdom and with, with information. You know what I mean? And, and you can get overloaded. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can't just keep going and going. And I know people that they constantly are going to school, going to school, going to school, going to school, but they're never applying it and doing anything with it. So there's that extreme. Well, I've had people where I've actually, you know, I've told them they've gone to hire me as a one-on-one coach. And I, you know, we, we go through an interview process and I said, you know what, I really don't think this is the right thing for you. Um, I remember a couple of years back, a, a woman, I said, how many, how many coaches have you had in the last year? She said three. I said, well, have you, have you implemented any of the, anything that they told you? She goes, I'm waiting. I'm not sure I want to do this yet. So I, I just want to, I want to work with you for six months. And then I said, you know what? That's probably not the best thing to do. I said, well, here's my suggestion. Come back to me in six months. But for the next six months, implement one or two of the things that you got from these other people. Because it's all, you know, it's about action. It's not just about having the information, right? Yeah. And it's about getting out there and getting into action. And she kind of looked at me strange. And I said, I, I really don't want to take you on as a client. I think, I think what's best for you is to implement some of the strategies, you know, just pick one or two of the things that these other people have told you and see if it works and then come back to me in six months. Right. And so she did. Um, but the point is, you know, it's context versus content, right? You know, once, once you have enough content, yeah. you know, get out, get into action because nothing happens unless you get into action. You know, I was listening to some guy who was being interviewed. Oh, I want to do a podcast. I want to do a podcast. He goes, dude, don't wait until it's perfect. You've got to start. You just just do something. Start it, you know? Right. Well, Bob, know, Get it going. Bob Proctor's got a great saying about that. He said, start wherever you are with whatever you have. Wherever Ooh, I like you, that. Wherever you are with whatever you've got. In other words, don't wait until you figure out how to do it or don't wait until you think you've got all your ducks in a row because the, the world just goes right by you. You know, just start wherever you are with whatever you've got. And that's that's a great piece of advice I got from Bob. You know, and, you know, when I'm in that, because it happens to all of us, you know, I mean, we all, we're all human. We all go through these things. And so when you're stopped, um, you know, it's usually fear, doubt, and confusion that stops you, right? So when you can get to what you're afraid of, what you're confused about, what you're doubtful about, you, you get it all out of your way and then you, there's a clear path. You know, and when I get to that point, and, uh, you know, I say, I listen to what Bob told me. He says, wherever I am with whatever I got, just go get into action. Yeah. Oh, you know, I like that. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. One. 
All right, so talk about an ever-changing world. <laughs> yeah. So uh, lots of fun going on here, lots of crazy stuff. Uh, I have a lot of people, like this one person said, somebody told me, don't stop your dream. Whatever you want to do in six months, keep going for it. You might have to shift the way you're doing it. What do you think about that? Well, I totally agree. You know, and, and you know, with what's happening right now with around the world, um, you know, I think people are either li living out of fear or they're living out of faith. And, you know, those are two opposite ends of the spectrum. You know what I mean? If you're, yes. you know, and, and, it, and you know this because, you know, you're, you're, you know that the body is an instrument of the mind, right? And so your body vibrates at a certain level. And when you exercise, it vibrates at a higher level. So, you know, you know all this stuff better than I do. My point is, you know, when you're. I doubt it, but, you know, keep going. Well, I don't. But you know, when you're operating out of fear, fear is a very low le low level of vibration. It's a very Absolutely. low energy. It's a very low energy state, right? And did it serve its purpose when we were, you know, living in caves? Absolutely. You know, we were always in alpha mode because you never knew where your next meal was coming from, or your neighbor could hit you over the head, right, or whatever. So, you know, but that's not the world we live in now. So, fear is a state of mind, just like faith is a state of mind. So, you get to choose. You know, am I going to be fearful about what's going on? And by the way, that's a, there's a difference between caution. And fear, right? Yeah. Caution, we should all maintain caution. Yeah. However, uh, living out of fear is no way to live at all. So I think people are either living out of fear or they're living out of faith. That thing, this is going to pass. Um, you know, I, I, I have faith in the higher order, whatever that is to you, whatever name you want to give that. And that six months from now, we're, we're going to be beyond this. And don't, absolutely don't give up on your dreams and don't give up on your aspirations. You know, keep them in perspective with what's happening today. You know, don't put your head in the sand and have yeah. faith. So do you find your clients right now, are they having a more difficult time staying focused? Well, it's interesting. Some are and some aren't. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have a couple of people in the healthcare industry where they're working 16, 17 hours a day. So they're, you know, they put everything else to the side and God bless them. I mean, you try to talk about heroes, the first responders and, and you know, the yeah. people in the healthcare industry. I mean, talk about courage, acting in the face of fear, right? Which is what courage is. Um, you know, they put, you know, they're, they're, um, they put almost everything aside. And so they're hyper-focused on what they're doing and, and thank goodness. So, and then there are some people that are, um, you know, that are, their, their work has slowed down. Uh, you know, there's a couple of people that are in HR, um, you know, so their, their work, and I'm not talking about working for a corporation. I'm talking about, you know, their consultants in HR or they have their own recruiting firm. Yeah. Um, and they're, you know, they're a little concerned, you know, they're not sure what's going to happen, what's going on and their income has stopped. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I mean, listen, when, when you have a lot of time on your hands, um, you really start to understand how long 24 hours can be when you have to fill it, um, with Oof. somebody else filling it for you. Yeah. Well, you can't look at it as an opportunity to work on yourself. You know, if you really step back and say, all right, there's certain things I can't change. Right. But what can I do and what can I do as far as self-development and how can I shift the way I did things? And I think that's where you come in. Right. Because you can't I don't say you can't, but I really do believe in mentors and guides and teachers to help us through. Well, I, I have them. You know, I mean, yeah. and, and, you know, you're, you know, you, you know, professional athletes, I mean, professional athletes, you know, if you're, listen, if you're an Olympic athlete, if you want to play Olympic hockey or whatever sports, swimming, whatever it is, you're not only going to have a swimming coach, you're going to have a nutrition coach, you're going to have a fitness coach, you're going to have a, 
you know, you're going to have a coach, you know, uh, for everything. Right. Yeah. And so people that operate at a high level really understand that. And, you know, one of the things I tell people when they're considering working with me and vice versa, I say, listen, here's my philosophy on this. You know, you want to, there's three things that you want to look for. And what I look for in a mentor or a coach or a guide, you know, a trainer, whatever it's, they're playing the same game you're playing. They're playing at a higher level yeah. and they, and they have coaches and trainers themselves. So, you know, if you want to be an Olympic hockey player, you don't go to a high school swimming coach, right? <laughs> you know, go to a go to somebody that's like so coach. true, right? I, I mean, like, it, there's so many amazing coaches out there, life coaches, trainers, mentors, whatever you want to call them. But why would you hire someone like if they're saying I'm going to teach you how to make a lot of money and they're just getting by? Why would you hire that person? You know, I don't right. get it. I don't get it. Well, because they don't really understand the the coaching dynamic, and the person you know, the person that's taking their money doesn't understand it either, or doesn't care. You know, they're yeah. just gonna, they're just going to take their money, which I think is I don't I don't think that's correct. I think you should, you know, listen. If someone came to me, you know, if I was a hockey coach and someone said, "Hey, I want to be an Olympic swimmer," I'd say, I would say, "Oh yeah, sure, come on, you know, show up, uh, meet me at the rink tomorrow. Well, I'll teach you how to you know swim on frozen ice." You know what I mean? Yes. I mean, that's yeah. just, that's unethical. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know, you want to find someone that's playing the same game. You want to pl- find someone that's played or playing at a higher level. And you want to play with somebody that also has mentors and coaches because you're going to benefit from, you're going to benefit from that. Listen, the people I train and coach, they benefit from the coaching that I get that I may have gotten three or four hours earlier. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I hear you. I, I do the same thing. I have a, a coach, you know, and on top of that, I constantly am listening to podcasts or different ways to meditate, different ways to journal, because I want to apply it to my clients. That's what, that you that you hit it right on the head. That's what I'm saying. And your clients benefit from that. Yeah. All right. So how to eliminate negative thinking. Hmm. <laughs> Come on. I want to hear that right. from you. Well, you know, it's so funny. I've Thousands of people have gone through my my Think and Grow Rich class, which, by the way, I'm doing it on Zoom now. This has been a real, you know, like you said earlier, how do you adjust and how do you improve? I've become an expert on Zoom now, where a year ago I wasn't. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, Amen. Uh, Me too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great medium. Um, and one of the things, you know, the, when I when I interview people on the way out of the course, right, I ask them, what are what are a couple of the things that you get out of that? One of the things that they say is they 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 know now know how to manage their negative thoughts and negative thinking, right? And so, you know, negative thinking, it's a, it's, a, it's a strange phenomenon. It's easier for the blank canvas of our minds to be filled with negativity and doubt and confusion and fear than it is for us to paint a picture of prosperity and mm. of abundance, right? Until, yeah. you used, until you get used to it, until you've worked those muscles, just like going to the gym. You know, the well, you know what? Did you, there, I ran into a, um, a medical doctor a little bit ago and he said to me that that's the way your brain was wired yeah if you have no thought at all like if there's you don't know the answer like someone didn't call you something simple you didn't get the results your brain is automatically going to think negative yep well and that's and and they, there's now neuroscience that's that's that studied this stuff you can remember napoleon hill was onto this hundred years ago, you know, before yeah. all this stuff. And I think part of it, and he explains it, by the way, the last chapter of the book is called the epilogue. It's called the six ghosts of fear. And he talks about the six human fears. And by the way, 
of all the people I've ever coached, people come up with fears and they go into one of these six buckets. And again, I'll be more than happy to share this with you because I've got it all in a one, like a one pager. You know? oh, so, cool. Yeah, real quickly, the six fears, uh, the fear of, of criticism or judgment, the fear of poverty or success. Yeah. The, the third one is the fear of loss of love or affinity, right? The fourth one is uh, uh, illness or sickness, which we're going through right now, fear of illness or sickness. Yeah. The fifth one is the fear of old age. And the last one is the fear of death, right? Any fear that you come up with, any fear will fit into one of those buckets. I had a woman one time, she said, I'm, afra- I'm afraid of spiders. I said, no, you're not. You're not afraid of spiders. I said, you could crush a spider. I said, you're not afraid of spiders. You're afraid of the illness that you're afraid of getting if you get bitten by a spider, right? She, she would not walk in a room. If she walked in my office and there was a spider, I used to have a tarantula uh, that was a paperweight. You yeah. know, it, was, it was in a glass thing. It was a big tarantula. Yeah, yeah. I literally had to take it off my desk because she wouldn't come in the room. I said, this thing is dead and it's encapsulated in glass. She would not come in the office, right? Two weeks later, I had her putting her hand with spiders crawling on her hand. You know why? Because I I illustrated to her, she's not afraid of the spider. She's afraid of getting bitten by the spider, which is the fear of illness and the fear of death. Gotcha. So when you really understand fears, and and negative thinking is rooted in fears, right? It's rooted in doubt. It's rooted in confusion. That's That's where our negative thinking comes from when we're fearful, doubtful, or uh, confused, right? And, and it used to have, for humans, the human species, which by the way, some people go back 2.5 million years. They connect our lineage 2.5 million years back. And by the way, just for just to let you know, um, we've never had a break in the human experience, not even for one second. There's never been humans, and then a second goes by with no humans, and then humans, right? We've been, we go all the way back way back and so i never thought of it that way oh yeah absolutely we are connected you're connected to everybody and anybody all the way back to the creation right and so you you think about that there's never been a break in human in the human experience um so you know fear used to be a defense mechanism you know you had to be in alpha mode you had to be fearful because if you didn't you could have get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger or like i said someone's going to come steal your food or hit you with a rock uh, because they want your, your, your skin or, you know, your, your coat or whatever. But we're not, you know, we don't prey on people physically anymore. We prey on people emotionally and, and financially, you know, but we, we're beyond that physical prey as a species. You know, are there incidents? Of course there are. But yeah. I'm talking about as a whole, you know, we don't live in the cave anymore. So that we can give up those, we can, you know, manage those fears, right? But that, I think that's why the science has said, if you leave a, bl- a, blind, uh, a mind vacant, it will fill itself up with negativity and fear. Yeah, that's crazy, but it's still going to be there. Everyone, like I tell people, when they have a negative thought, they'll say, "Take it back, take it back." Blah, 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 blah. You can't take it back. Well, well you know, it's so, it's so funny yeah. because you'll appreciate this. You know, I hang around with most of my friends are hockey guys. You know, yeah. and, and some of them are still coaching. Some of them have won the Stanley Cup. You know, just great guys, tough guys, right? Tough guys, you know. Right. You ask, I sit down with them and sometimes I go, what are you afraid of? Well, I'm not afraid of anything. You know, oh, really? You're like, you know, bear. My, my one nickname, his name's Bear because he's like a bear. So, yeah. really, Bear, you're not afraid of anything? No, I'm not. Come on, man. I'm not afraid of anything. And this guy's a tough guy. You know what I mean? I said, really? I said, well, you know, then I'll change the subject and I'll say, how's your mom doing? Oh, man, she's getting old. You know, she's, you know, she's having a hard time getting around and, you know, I'm just kind of worried about her. I said, well, you know, what are you afraid of? And, you know, I go, I'm afraid, you know, she's going to fall or something, you know. So what is he afraid of? He's afraid of loss of affinity. He's afraid for his mom to get injured, right? But a moment ago, he's telling me he has no fears. I'm like, you know, and then I circle back because I know him. I say, you know what? You're full of it. 
Mike, you know, his name's Mike. Yeah. I say, yeah. you know, Mike, a minute ago, you told me you weren't afraid of anything, you know? Well, I'm not. I said, well, you just told me you're afraid, of, you know, you're, you're fearful of your mother getting, you know, sick or getting injured. Well, that's different. I'm like, no, it's not. It's not different. You know, I mean, and, and you hit it right on the head. The human fears are part of our genome. It's part of who we are. You know, you can, they don't go anywhere. Yeah. And you can't conquer them. You just manage them. That's all. And you and the way you manage them, you recognize them when they come up. Fear of, yeah. Yeah. Fear of public speaking. There's no such thing as fear of public speaking. It's called fear of judgment, fear of criticism. Right? Right. And when you manage that, uh, and by the way, one of the ways you manage that is you put the you put the attention on the audience. You take the spotlight off of yourself, and you and you you're free of any criticism, any judgment. Right? Yeah. You don't make it about you, and that goes right out the window. It's still there, but you manage it. You know. Okay, so let, let's back up a second. Aren't there like when you're you're talking about? Everyone has negative thoughts, and everyone has fears, and managing it. This next question leads me right to that. Is that what being mindful is? This one woman wants to say. Everyone says mindfulness, mindfulness. Is it just being aware of your thoughts and that they're there and not denying it so that you can shift them and move forward? I think that's a big part of it. So let me answer that question by just telling you a little bit more about where I come from, right? So everything I do is based in the philosophy of think and grow rich, right? The 13 principles. Um, Upon that, I built, and my program is called Find Your Focus, right? It's about finding, maintaining, and sustaining your I'm focus. your focus guy. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Right. And so some of the principles of thinking we're going to rich go into the finding phase. Some of them go into the maintaining phase, and some of them go into sus- this, the sustaining phase, right? And so on that foundation, I put four pillars, right? The f- pillars of meaning and significance, which we all want in our life, direction, control, and awareness, right? So you're never going to give meaning or significance to something you don't direct. You're never going to direct something you don't control, and you can't control something you're not aware of, right? So back to your question. It all starts with awareness. Mindfulness begins with awareness. And Bob Proctor has a great saying. He goes, think about what you think about. And he said, most people don't think about what they think about. And mental activity does not constitute thinking. You know, just having a bunch of activity running around in your brain is it really deep thinking? So it really, it's, it's really about the awareness is the first step. And when you become aware of your thinking, you're starting on that path of mindfulness, right? But yeah. it goes beyond just that. You know, it goes beyond. Then you, once you are aware of your thinking, then you can start to control your, your, your thinking. And once you control it, you can start to direct it. And that's when you really start to pick up. You move from, you know, just accelerating into velocity and into momentum is when you, you're really mindful, not only aware of what you're thinking, but how then you begin to control your thoughts, right? That's where you switch from negative to positive, you know, and, and we all will just have a bunch of positive affirmations. Well, that works if you understand why it works, right? Yeah. Cause by the way, just recently positive affirmations are getting hammered. Oh, think positive, think positive. It's more about being powerful and the emotion behind it when you're saying it. What mm-hmm. do you feel about that? Oh, a hundred percent. Everything is emotional with human beings. Yeah. We, we don't do anything unless emotion is attached. And that's, yeah. it's so key. That's remember earlier, I was talking about figuring out your why, your, your desire. Yeah. That the emotion is connected to that. Why question. Right. That why question and that why that emotional why exists at the highest level of vibration, the highest level of thought, which is in the spiritual realm. Right. It's beyond the intellectual and it's beyond the physical realm. 
It's in the spiritual end of it. And that's where you really get to that why. And, you know, there's a, there, you've heard this saying, I know you have, you know, the two most important days of your life, right? The day you were born and the day you figure out why, right? Well, that's what, <laughs> seriously, you know, I mean, that's, that's what carries you that emotional, when you get connected to that emotional why, your purpose, right? We talked about passion and purpose earlier. Your purpose is your passion expressed beyond yourself, right? Your passion expressed beyond yourself. Because when you really get in touch with your why you're put on this earth, you and I were put on this earth just like everybody else on this earth. We're put on this earth for a reason. And when you find out why that is, your emotions carry you through everything, right? So the emotion is so important. Yeah, you know, I think about that. When I am lit up the most and really feeling joy, I am thinking, how can I inspire others? It's more about how, what can I bring out to the world? What can I bring to the community? Whatever it is. And I had somebody say to me the other day, well, not everybody's put on the earth to be special. And I think they are. You know what? I, it's so funny you say that. And it's because you're living on purpose. You're fulfilling your purpose. This conversation is in line with your purpose and my purpose. You know what I mean? That's why that's why we could talk for hours. I know we can. So Absolutely. You know, and my younger sister says the same thing. You know, she goes, Well, why do you treat your children so special? I'm like, Because they are. They're unique. They're miraculous. They're you know, and it's not because they're my children, they're because they're the children of the universe. They're they're I mean, they're a miracle. If you think of what it's taken just to get him here, get them here. It's, it's, you know, and so my, you know, and I love my sister to death, but she, she comes from that negative thinking, you know what I mean? Like, well, no, we're not all so special. We're all alike. I'm like, yeah, you're right. We are, we are all alike, but what does make us different? What makes us special, right? Listen, if a, a surgeon cut you and I open and looked at our hearts, you know, they'd see two human hearts, right? And so, you know, for the most part, we're more similar than we are different, but what is it that makes us different? What makes us different, Sandy, is our experiences and our thoughts and our emotions, that's what makes us different. You know, we are very, we're, we're more similar than we are different. However, what makes us different is our own personal emotions and experiences. Yeah. You know? and that's why I said everyone has a story. Everyone has a story. 100%. You know? Okay, I have to ask you this because I know you have one. I did this whole 10 year study on what made people just exude pure joy, what I felt. You know, not were they just successful, but, you know, you wanted to be around. You could just feel the joy coming out and everything from moms, dads, CEOs, whatever. And they all, besides, you know, a few different things, there was one thing they had in common. Every single one of them, whether it was five minutes or two hours, they had a morning routine. Mm -hmm. I know you must have a morning routine. I do. <laughs> I do. And it goes back Isn't that crazy? I yeah. mean, there were a lot of different, yeah, they felt worthy, blah, 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 blah. But the one secret sauce, they all had a morning routine and they all had this philosophy like, I'm not, you know, going to just go out into the world. How do I want to show up in the world today? Yeah. You know? I'm not yeah. going to let the world happen to me. I'm going to happen to it. They all believe that. It didn't yeah. matter what walk of life. Yeah. So, so what's your routine? Well, I totally believe that too, because you, you set yourself up for the day and you set your subconscious mind up for the day. Right. And so, <laughs> uh, yeah, what's my routine? I mean, uh, so one of them is I meditate. Right. And now don't laugh too hard. Okay. Because you know, I, so one of the challenges I had with meditation was like, where you know, I'm just finding time to do it. Well, every morning I take a shower, right? And I take a hot shower 
And I take a cold shower just because I know it's good for me. But I do my meditation in there. It's very soothing for me. The water's running. I'm yeah. isolated. Perfect. You know, I know I'm going to spend at least five or ten minutes in there. You know what I mean? So that's that's number one. And I I've memorized some of the um, some of the uh, the Dota Ching. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Yes. From yes, Lutzal. Yes. Well, it's 81 verses, and I've memorized a few of them. So I run those through my mind while I'm meditating. Right. That's I said, what I'm, people. It's not any extra time. Because I'm a firm believer, you don't need to spend a lot of time. He's doing it in the shower. Right. Okay. Right. And I know, I know, pretty much every day I'm going to take a shower, and it's usually when I first get up in the morning. The other thing is, believe it or not, I make my bed. I yep. I make my bed. If I leave my condominium and I get all the way down to the ground floor and I realize I didn't make my bed, I've I've literally turned around and go back because it's just putting my putting my sacred space in order. You know what I mean? And so that's my sacred space. My bed is, you know, it's 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 my my one of my sacred spaces. So I always make it. I always make my bed, right? The other thing is I get up before I eat anything. I drink a, two glasses of water, cold water, to jumpstart yep. my system, and then I I get on my my exercise bike. I have an exercise bike because my knees are shot. I can't run, but biking is good for me. So I get on my exercise bike, which is right. It's about ten feet from my my bed, right? And I I ride my bike. I get my heart going by, I ride my bike and then I go and I take my shower. That's it. And you do it every single day. Yep. And you get your head in the right space. That's what I'm saying. Everyone could have had like a few minute routine or two hours, but they did not start their day until they got their head in the right space. Well, that, that, what I just described to you happens in the matter of about 20 to 25 minutes. Yeah. That's not long at all. Yeah. Okay. You ready for a few questions? Sure. It's like the, Getting to know you, what is your favorite series? Are you watching any series right now on Netflix or Hulu? Oh, what and if I... not, it's cool. Pass. Oh, pass. Okay. Do you have a favorite movie? Oh, my gosh. So many. Westerns. Yes, I do. I have a couple of favorite movies. Um, believe it or not, Big Tough Guy over here, right? Ready for this? <laughs> my Fair Lady is one of my favorite movies. Sound of Music. You know, one of my favorite movies. Okay. Not the thing you'd hear from a hockey player, but I love that you said it. Well, so, I'm being honest. Come on. I know. I love that. I, I, I love both those. Okay. Favorite food? Um, favorite food? Oh, uh, gosh. I love pizza. 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 Yeah. Oh, my God. That's been like 80% of what people say. Isn't that funny? We love pizza. I love pizza. Well, I don't have to ask you your favorite book. I already know your favorite book. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. Favorite color? Favorite color is green. Okay. Favorite or someone that really influenced you, a mentor that you're like, ah, oh, they're the bomb. Well, I've got a ton. But, you know, I have to point in this in this conversation, Bob Proctor. You know, Bob okay, Proctor. Yeah. He, he's an amazing individual. That was one of... What do you do in your spare time for fun? Well, do you, does hanging out with your kids count as spare time? Yeah. Then hang it's out fun with, for you. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Hanging out with my kids. Yeah, you like you like to just hang out. What do you guys do when you hang out? Anything sometimes we watch... Or you don't care? We play board games. Um, sometimes we just look through old photographs. Sometimes we watch old movies. They like old movies. Really? Yeah. Favorite board game? Uh, oh, Monopoly, of course. <laughs> nope. Does anybody, like, flip the board over when they lose? Uh, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> he also cheats. We never let him be the banker or the real estate guy because he cheats. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I forgot to ask you this. 
speaking of cheating, no, nothing to do with that. Do you have you read the book Power Versus Force? I have not. That's one on my list. All right. Uh, the only reason I'm saying that because I, I want to make sure I got in this question that someone wrote in, and you know, is there a difference between like force? You know what I mean? Like you're forcing it to happen yeah. versus you're powerful. And I think, you know, I'm trying to think of the author. I've read that years and years. And there's a whole list of things like this is when you're in the powerful state. And this is in when, you know, you're forcing it and forcing right. it is not as good as being powerful. Yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, I what came to mind when you said that is pushing versus pulling. Right. So, you know, when you're pushing something, you're forcing it. You're working against the current. You're working against nature, right? That's a yeah. force, you know, for And by the way, there is no, it's like, I use the analogy of in a river, a current in a river. If you try to swim up that current, you're, you're going to lose. The river's going to win. If you go with the current, you can, you can just relax. All you have to do is float and the current will take you, right? So I, when I look at forcing versus power, power is pulling, right? When you're, when you're attracting, when you, whoever you're being, is when you're being powerful, you attract, you pull people towards you. People want you, they gravitate towards you like a magnet. Right. And that's sustainable because yeah. it takes no effort, by the way. Yeah. By the way, it's by David Hawkins. That's who it is. You know, I might have read that book. Right. It's I a great go, book. It's, I have to go back like a, and look. Yeah. It's like one of those resource books, you know, that you refer to right. all the time, like Think Grow Rich. Right. All right. So now here you are during these times. What has been most, one of your most difficult challenges and how did you overcome it? Well, I know this sounds a little superficial, but I really enjoy going out to eat. I really like going out to dinner and spending time with, with my friends. I have a great group of friends here in Chicago. Um, so that's been a little bit of a challenge. I know it's a little superficial. Um, it's not superficial, thing, but you, you miss, you know, you miss the socialization. Yeah. Yeah. We, we're spending, a, and, and again, the silver lining to this cloud, you know, I'm, I'm divorced, uh, but I have an excellent relationship with my ex-wife and the mother of our children. And so I've been spending a lot of time. She's got a huge place up on the lake. And, you know, uh, I've been spending a lot of time with them just to help manage the kids being home and, you know, just everything. Right. And so that's been a real silver lining because we're getting along great. Yeah. And we're, and we're, you know, we're focused on the kids and the kids are asking us questions. And so that's been one of the silver lines, but really getting out and socializing with other people is really one of the big missings for me. Yeah, I agree. All right. What do you want to accomplish in the next year? Well, this might sound a little aggressive, but you know, my, I'm building what's what I'm calling the iFocus community. And so people, my real goal between now and the end of the year is to have 100,000 people. And I'm, I'm nowhere near that number, but I'm not worried about it. Don't worry about it. Yeah, 100,000 people that have been exposed to the Find Your Focus program and Think and Grow Rich. You know, And right now I'm working with the Napoleon Hill Foundation, the chairman over there, um, to get certified. That's a, a handful of people that are certified you know, to lead that material. And I'm, I'm working on that. Yeah. And it's a whole coursework. I mean, they're, they're pretty selective about, you know, who they allow to do that. But, um, uh, you know, that's my goal. My goal is, uh, you know, 100,000 people that are exposed to this. Because here's the thing. I believe that when people understand their power and they understand that they have the one thing on earth that they control is their thoughts, the power of their thoughts and what goes on between, you know, the six inches between their ears. That is so powerful. And when people understand that. We're going to stop preying on people and we're going to stop pushing people away and we're going to stop looking at people and seeing their differences and we're going to start seeing our similarities and it's just going to be a better world. And by the way, that has far less to do with me than it does with this just this ancient way of thinking that Napoleon yeah. Hill brought to the modern world. Yeah. Well, I am going to 
think about it for you and help you manifest that. So what do you think of that? Like I love power it. in numbers, baby. I love it. All right, well, we got to wrap up here. But before we go, is there anything we didn't get in that you want to get in? And also, how can they reach you? Yes. Um, so they can reach me through the best places if they go to my to go email, which is info at yourfocusguy.com. Okay. Uh, my website is www.yourfocusguy.com. And it's I, I have to say I, I need to invest some resources in getting that really up and going. Uh, but it's a good place to see. Um, as far as the only thing that I left out is just thanking you, you know, really yeah. thanking you for, for having me on as a guest. Um, it's been fun. Yeah. And I, I really want to stay in touch with you. And, and I, you know, I'm, I've been emailing through Megan. I'll get you some of the information I talked about. The, um, okay. You know, and feel free to share that uh, with your audience. And, and um, yeah, absolutely. It's just been a great, I can't believe an hour went by because I'm, I'm having fun with you. I know. It's like, I'm like wait, I got to wrap up. I got to wrap up. All right, well, my Let's Keep It Real audience, I know you had a blast and a great time. You can reach out to him. You know, you can send questions to me, questions at sandyjoyweston.com. And until next time, you know what I'm going to say. Toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.